You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. Imagine cold calling a C-level executive at a Target account where he or she personally picks up the phone and agrees to a meeting because they just happen to be seeking a solution like yours. Stop imagining and start dialing with DiscoverOr, the world's leading prospect intelligence platform. Visit discoverorcom forward slash SDR to learn more. Hello, 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 everybody. This is David Delaney with another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am super excited to introduce uh, this gentleman to you guys, or if you've already looked at some of his content on LinkedIn or got his book, really excited to have this conversation. This is Mr. Scott Lease. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, David. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. And, you know, like I said, I'm super excited. Scott is the author of Addicted to the Process. And I'm just going to read a little bit about this, Scott. I hope you don't mind. No, go ahead. You know, uh, the introduction is great. Scott is one of the top sales leaders in the country. He's built and scaled thriving sales teams at numerous multi-million dollar companies and advised on even more. And he's one of the top 25 AAISP sales leaders. He's a thought leader, obviously an author and a practitioner. So it's not just somebody who like spouts off about this stuff. This is someone who actually is doing it every day. So I'm, like I said, I'm excited to have you on the show. Scott, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So let's, let's dive in. Let's dive in. So if people aren't familiar with you, they haven't read the book yet. Tell us about that, pro, uh, you know, that, you know, experience of going from, you know, somebody who's kind of looking for looking for something in your career to becoming one of the top sales leaders and now truly a thought leader. I appreciate you calling me a thought leader. <laughs> yeah, I got into sales in a in a really roundabout kind of way. I, mean, I I did not study business as an undergraduate or anything like that. I studied psychology, got a psychology degree and I minored in religious studies of all things. And then I went to grad school and and got a master's degree in in learning and instructional uh, technology, kind of like learning theory and things like that. So I went all the way, you know, through the early part of my life without ever studying business or sales. I never had any kind of sales job at all, you know, never was a waiter and said, do you want fries with that or anything like that. And then unfortunately, I got really sick when I finished graduate school at age 23. And I ended up spending the better part of the next four years in the hospital uh, fighting for my life. I had numerous really serious illnesses. Uh, I've had more surgeries than I can count. It's been really awful situation, missing organs, just like life and death at times. And on top of all that, you know, I got hooked on pain medication throughout that whole process and had to go through the, uh, you know, the recovery process of that on top of healing from all the illnesses and, and such. So I was 27 years old really before I ever had, you know, a quote unquote real job. And I got into to sales completely strategically. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I, I felt like my 
degrees were totally outdated and whatever I'd learned, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten. And I needed a, a way to make up for lost time. And so, you know, I think like a lot of people who, you know, maybe don't really know what they're going to do with themselves, they see sales as a, an avenue to, you know, maybe make as much money as, as, uh, as you possibly can. You know, the harder you work, the better you do, the more you get paid. If you, you know, do poorly, then you get cut. And, and I understood that you know, being an athlete, I played two sports in college and kept playing soccer after that. So that competitive aspect, you know, I understood it and, and, and it appealed to me. And I got into startups because, you know, I didn't fancy myself, uh, you know, a frontline worker for very long. You know, I felt like I had a lot more uh, to show and I just hadn't had the chance. So, you know, I think I think a lot of people get into sales in that way, potentially, um, maybe not so much nowadays, but, you know, I'm 40 years old now, so you're talking about, you know, the late 90s was I, when I was in school. There was no such thing as, like, sales certifi- certifications and classes and stuff like that. So kind of a you know, interesting way that I, that I got into the business. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, I think one of the points in your book, Addicted to the Process, initially is that sales can be a way for people who, you know, might be looking for a way into a career or they might be, you know, not super clear on what they want to do, but they want to get into the business world. Uh, Did you feel like that was one of the reasons that you kind of went that direction? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't have the education to, you know, be an engineer, software developer, like, like my brother is, you know, I didn't have, uh, accounting background like my dad does. My dad's been a professor at a university in California for 40 years. So my, my way in, in my mind was, well, I, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty convincing guy. Let me, let me see how I can do, you know, at sales. And, you know, the first line of my book says sales is a garbage can of jobs. And, you know, that can be interpreted a lot of different ways, but I think sales is this career that a lot of people just kind of land into because, they sometimes don't know what the hell else to do with themselves. Or, you know, there's a lot of people that I've worked with over the years who, you know, struggled when they were younger with, you know, maybe their health or, uh, you know, poor decisions. I've, you know, worked with people who done time in jail, who were addicts, who were alcoholics, who got all sorts of personal troubles and whatnot. And, uh, you know, you can really use sales to empower yourself and at the end of the day, just change your life in a, in a really meaningful way. And yeah, it certainly worked out that way, you know, for me, I, I never dreamed that I, w- I would, you know, be this far down the path and far down the road in, in sales and sales leadership and whatnot. And I just couldn't be more grateful that uh, it's turned out this way. It does offer, it's almost like a personal development career. Totally. Because every day, and I, I, I heard this from somebody, I can't remember, but it's like every day you look in the mirror and you're like, okay, one of the points in your book, that Japanese phrase of Kaizen, like how can yeah. I get a little bit better every day? It offers you that while you're getting paid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, one of the things I've, I've always taught my, my teammates and colleagues and sales reps is, you know, my job is to make you a better person, not just a better salesperson. And I, and I think, you know, that gets lost oftentimes. I can't tell you how many times I've had interviews with people or conversations with sales reps who, you know, maybe don't get that kind of education and that kind of leadership from their, from their current roles and current bosses. But, you know, I have no problem like working on people's, you know, 
sort of personal deficiencies, you know, the, the, the better you feel about yourself, the better you're going to sell, you know, the more confident you are, the healthier choices you're making, the more prepared you are, you're going to do that much better, in my opinion, you know, once you get on the phone or once you get into the field and selling. And, you know, we've definitely chosen a field that is going to beat you up and beat you down. And, and you got to, you know, keep coming back for more. You know, I've, I've done a lot of time in transactional sales environments where, you know, you make 100, 150 calls a day and you're just kind of hoping for, uh, you know, that one call that is a yes, that one deal that you can close. And, you know, you, I've, I've used this analogy before, but can you imagine, you know, being like an absolute rock star in your field and failing 99 times out of 100? Like name another field that that's the case, right? Imagine Steph Curry missing 99 three-point shots out of 100 and everybody's still saying he's the best shooter of all time. It just It's just crazy the, the amount of sort of negative reinforcement we deal with every single day that we have to shut out and, and have no loss of uh, enthusiasm, passion, confidence, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that, you know that's a really good point because one of the chapters in the book is building the mindset to succeed. So you know, what is that mindset? Is that something that you brought from your experience of going through some those those traumatic health issues and then coming back? Did you build that mindset? Like, what is that mindset to succeed? Well, you know, I can only speak to what it, what it means to me. I look at it as uh, that experience that I went through made me pretty close to fearless because I I really don't know what else I could face again in my life that will be harder than what I've already defeated. And sometimes we all lose track of that. You know, I'm sure you've gone through things that would seem impossible to me to overcome. And everybody out there listening has probably done the same thing. And sometimes I think it's important for us to take stock, you know, of who we are and where we are right now and kind of congratulate ourselves for getting to this place, you know? And so once I started in sales, you know, I kind of had this moment where I was just like, there's no reason you can't do this. You've already beaten the hardest thing that you're ever going to face, probably like get over it, you know, stay confident. It's not it's not you that's, you know, screwing up all these different things like this is just how it work, how it works. You know, play the numbers, find this process that works, stick to this process that works. You know, I'm also an extremely competitive person. You know, I have been my whole life. I played multiple sports in, in high school, got down to two sports in college. And like I said, I kept playing even beyond that until my health uh, took it away. So I'm this type of person that wants to win, you know, whether it's me versus you or me versus what I scored, you know, yesterday, I, I want to keep doing better. And that kind of mindset, that, that growth mindset that, you know, always kind of hungry for more. I think that's incredibly important. You know, I, I really, immerse myself uh, in the sales world and in, in the, you know, kind of management and leadership world when I was first getting started, you know, logged crazy hours, read tons and tons of books, you know, just really tried to relate like every situation I was in in my life to, uh, to the business world and like, how can I sell or how can I lead better? You know, how can I scale this particular organization better? How can I grow and expand, you know, my own brand or my own business better. And, and these are these are the things that I think, you know, have helped make me be extremely successful. And, and, and I think that there's, you know, if I can figure it out, there's no reason anybody else can't do it. So I really try to help people get into that, that kind of mindset 
where you know there's there's nothing there's no reason they can't succeed there's nothing holding them back but themselves yeah and it reminds me of one of the stories in the book is you got the sales job you got the first sales job and you went in there and you just got punched in the face all day on the phone which yeah. i'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that listen to this and you came back and and you're just like this isn't working you know and you're talking to your wife you're like this isn't working and you know i'm going to try something else and and she was like what's plan B? And you're like, holy crap. <laughs> I hadn't yeah. thought about that. So, so for the people, the reason I bring that up is for people listening, if they've never had that like near death experience and they think that they do have plan B, do you think that growing that mindset is something that you had to come to on your own? Or can you actually teach that to people if they haven't had those experiences and they, they feel like they can get out? Oh, I, th- I think it can be taught. Hundred okay. percent. I've had this conversation with Lord knows how many people over the years. You know, it, yeah. you just have you just have to dive into it. You have to ultimately it comes down to just making a decision. You know, I have a good friend of mine named Mike Lindstrom who he's used this phrase that nothing in life means anything other than the meaning you give it. And so if, if if you dive into that, you know, really what what you're trying to get at is just if you want something bad enough, you're going to find a way to make it happen. You know, and you're going to surround yourself with the right people who can help you, you know, think a certain way and, and respond to things a particular way. You can start reading things that reinforce what you're trying to learn. You know, I, I didn't I didn't read all these like, you know, sort of like historically famous sales books. That, that wasn't the stuff that got me, you know, fired up on sales and selling. I, I read stuff about, you know, people overcoming like all sorts of challenges and personal biographies and things like that. And, and, uh, I'm, you know, a huge sports fan. So I just like read all these books about coaching and things like this and read, uh, you know, some, some things about history where people like rose to power and all, all this kind of stuff. And I just started wrapping my head around like, okay, this is the mindset that I need. So it's not just going to show up one day. And I sure as hell don't want to, you know, end up in a hospital again to get like a second dose of being a strong minded person. <laughs> um, and so, you know, people don't have to go through all that stuff. You just have to make a decision that you're going to be mentally tough and that you deserve success just the same amount as anybody else. And you start learning how to make tiny little decisions every single day that steer you in the right direction and steer you away from, you know, an area that you don't want to be mentally. Right. And, and, you know, stoking that mindset, taking ownership of your own education program. I love that. And you don't necessarily have to go to the old sales books that are, you know, dusty theories from 20 years ago. You can use biographies and sports and, you know, all these different aspects. I love that idea. And, you know, one thing that I thought about too, Scott, is I think it's really easy to give up right now if things aren't working out like the, and and I I look at my own experience I'm not immune to this like if things if you think the company sucks the people suck your boss sucks you know the, I I could get another job like right away I think there's something to be said with sticking it out and sticking around and really you know doubling down what are your thoughts on that well I I think I think there's so many good opportunities out there now that I agree with you. I think it can be, I think it can be easy for people to bounce 
bounce around. And, you know, if you don't like the way something's going, you get out. I, the first sales job I ever had was at this company called Reply. And I think I'd been selling for about six months or so, and I was shattering all the sales records, and they had a sales management position come up. And I wanted this position and felt I deserved it. I had everybody kind of on the sales floor saying I was a shoe in and so forth. And they gave it to somebody else who had been at the company longer. And this particular individual, in my opinion, did not have the characteristics of a leader whatsoever. It was sort of a the wrong hire, basically. And I strongly considered leaving. I was pissed off and, you know, felt slighted and you know, I think I, I think this was like right around the holidays, I think. So I think I took like an extra few days of vacation time and, you know, ended up talking to a couple people and having an interview or two. And, you know, I was at this fork in the road where it's like, I can bounce and, you know, go get another sales job and start all over and, you know, maybe get a little bit of a raise and everything like that. Or I can just get pissed off and use my anger and frustration to succeed and make it absolutely impossible for them to not promote me because I know this particular person is going to fail and it's only going to take a certain amount of time. So, you know, luckily for, for me, I, I made the decision to stay and I came back and I, you know, kept breaking all my records. I think I doubled the record that I had. You know, I came back on a tear to start the new year. And uh, sure enough, that particular person, you know, washed out of the role and then they bumped me into the role and, you know, there I was nine months as a sales rep before I had my first sales manager job, you know, and I stuck with that company for an, another few years. And, you know, that was how I launched my my sales leadership career. And, you know, I always think, you know, if I would have left at that point in time, would I be where I am now? What would I have learned? How, how would my career be different? You know, so I, I think it's I don't want people to think they need to stay in a, a terrible or, you know, unhealthy kind of situation. But, you know, just because something doesn't go your way the first time, that doesn't mean that that's not the place that you need to be. And it doesn't mean there's nothing left for you to learn from that opportunity. How many more meetings could you set if your team made three times more calls per day and connected directly to decision makers? How much bigger would your pipeline be if you booked 20% more meetings this month? Don't wonder. Check out discoverorg at discoverorg.com forward slash SDR for personalized demo. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I think ego kind of c can drive a lot of bad decisions, you know, because you're just like... It almost drove uh, mine. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I, I've done it myself. I mean, and a lot of times if, if, if you keep kicking ass, exactly what you just said, if you keep kicking ass, you keep your head down, you keep having a great attitude, you keep having a great mindset, like you can outlast the people that are ruining it for you they're gone now you're still there and you're still kicking ass and you know new opportunities open up for you at the organization so i i, I agree like if it if it's a toxic environment and it's driving you nuts then yeah but i think there's a lot to be said with like don't let your ego you know slap you and and just like walk out in a huff you know and go find another job because sometimes you know you could have a great opportunity at that company yeah, so I, I agree for sure. Yeah, so I want to talk about this. So, so we have the mindset. You know, a few of the other chapters are learning your product, learning how to sell, getting those getting those skills. What is the process like? Walk us through. You know, becoming addicted to the process. Like, give us give, give us like a little teaser on 
you know, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think everybody's process is going to be different for sure. You know, depending on the industry you're in, the type of sale, the sales cycle, all that kind of thing. But for me, the process is sales is like curing an addiction and it goes back to kind of what I've been through in my life. And when I first started selling, that was how I thought of it. I've got to get this person to admit to me that they have a problem. I've got to get them to understand that this problem is important to fix. I've got to make them believe that this problem is important to fix now, create some urgency around it. And then and only then is somebody going to give a shit about the solution. And so many, I can't even tell you how many sales orgs, you know, try to pitch me or, you know, people I go work for and they start off every single call just by dropping all this information about, you know, what their company is and who they are and what they do. And it's like, nobody cares about that yet. You can't, you know, you can't just go walk up to an addict or an alcoholic and be like, Hey David, I've got this killer rehab facility, you know? we should go check it out. It's called passages out, out in Malibu. Like, the addict's going to look at you like you're crazy. You know, you've got to get them to a place where they're like, yeah, okay, I have a problem, you know, but even that is not enough because we probably all know God knows how many functioning addicts out there. And the problem is not severe enough. They don't understand the value yet in fixing this particular problem. Okay. Once I get them to understand that there's value in fixing it, well, now it's pretty easy for them to delay. And we all deal with that in sales, right? It's like, yeah, I understand. I've got this problem in my business. Your solution, you know, might be able to help me with it. But, you know, it's not, it's not hindering me. Like, I'm doing fine, you know? So right. now I've got to help somebody understand why this problem needs to be fixed as fast as humanly possible. And if I can get them to admit to all these things and agree uh, to those things that I'm talking about, then and only then, in my opinion, is somebody going to be open to hearing what I have to say, what my solution is, right? And so that, that's my process. It's pain, value, urgency, solution and in that particular order. And it's really, really important to me not to skip, jump around from that order. Okay. I, I, love, I love that analogy of the addict or, or you know, how, how you would talk about going into recovery because I think everybody, you know, is either – you know, interacted with someone like that or seen it on TV, at least. I mean, you know, that's something that everyone could relate to. So, I mean, that's so difficult, though, you know, to like talk to uh, someone who has a serious problem that you can help with and kind of get them to to admit that. So how do you do that? How do you get somebody to admit that they have a problem? Well, it's just all about the right kind of questions that you ask, you know, you, you certainly want to do more asking of questions than, than, uh, just talking and telling. Right. So I'm, I might call, let's say I'm selling to a small business and, you know, I, I used to work at a company that sold small businesses and, you know, I might notice, for example, that this particular company has an issue with some of their social media pages, for example. So, I might call them up and say, hey, I was checking you guys out online and I noticed this particular thing. You know, are you the one who handles that? And, you know, if they are, then I can say, oh, tell me, you know, what you guys do here, what your strategy is on this. I just get people talking, basically, you know, and you'd be surprised how many people that if you can just get into, you know, a conversation with and, and ask questions and learn more about their business, just a discovery call type stuff, you know, kind of freely admit some of these issues and challenges that they're having, 
You know, the key is just to get them to admit it. It's, it's just, it goes all bad if you just tell them, you know, I can't call you up and be like, Hey David, you know, I was checking out your podcast and like, you, you got some serious problems with it. Right. That's yeah. not going to work. I'm just going <laughs> to piss you off. Right. But if I called you up and said, Hey David, I was checking out your podcast and, uh, I had a couple questions for you, you know, yeah. and, and we just get into a dialogue. You know, if I can build enough kind of genuine rapport there, you might say a thing or two that reveals to me something that, you know, is a bit of a pain point for you or, or a frustration area in your uh, in your business. And, you know, I can I can run with that. So, you know, how do I get people to, you know, talk about it? You just ask the right kind of questions and, and you know, hold back from uh, just talking too much and certainly hold back from just barfing all sorts of information up about, you know, who you are and what your company does. So that's that's the best way that I can I can explain it. You know, I think that for me, I, th I think it, it came. This is where some of my psychology background, I think, came into play. You know, I, I understand people. I understand how to listen. And I think without knowing it, I, you know, the, the stuff I went to school for back in the day has actually been really helpful for me in my career. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because it, it sounds like, you know, no one's going to admit a problem to you unless they feel like they can talk to you and, and right. trust you a little bit. And, and you know, they they don't necessarily react if you just keep pushing what you do and how great you are and your product. And you're always talking about yourself. And they're just like, Ugh, right, you know, right. another, another one of these calls. But even taking it a step back further, like for, uh, for in the sales development process of trying to land, you know, one of those discovery calls, you know, how do you how do you kind of come at it from a messaging perspective? Because you know, we all we all know that you get those emails that are just like, "Hey, here's how awesome my product is. Do you want to take a meeting?" And you're just yeah, like, those are, uh, those are the those are the worst. Yeah, to me, those are the worst to me. You know. You, you try to add you try to add a little bit of value and you, you try to just open somebody up to you know giving some information you know the company that I work for now is, is called qualia and uh, we've built settlement software for the title insurance business which is a very antiquated business you know all the competitors have been around for like 25 years and you know we're, we're, we've brought modern technology to the, to this business and, and we're doing extremely well and you know for example, to, to your question, you know, there's some regulations that are uh, happening at the turn of the new year here, so 2018. So, you know, one of the the kind of cadences that we're using right now to open people up for the first time is just, you know, hey, hey, David, you know, given these new regulatory changes that are coming out in 2018, just curious, you know, how you guys are preparing for that, you know, how is it going to impact your business? this kind of thing. And we have people respond back to us and say, you know, what regulatory changes? You uh, know, I'd love more information. Like, what, what are you talking about? Right. That gives us an opportunity. You know, I might have a different piece of this particular cadence that, you know, includes an article about these regulatory changes. So rather just than just saying, hey, what are you doing? I might say, hey, David, uh, you know, hopefully you're prepared for these regulatory changes that are coming out. Take a look at this article here that talks about it. You know, let me know if you have any uh, any questions. And then they'll look at that article, open it up, be like, oh shit, you know. And then they'll go think about, well, how are we handling this? Or they might go ask their current vendor, like, are we prepared for this, right? And in in, in our business that, that I'm in, 
you know, I'm in a good place where I feel very strongly that we have the best in class product, you know, best in class sales and service organization. And so, you know, we're, we're able to, to really turn these kind of things uh, to our advantage. You know, not everybody probably has these similar kind of set up in their business and, and their industry. But like I said, for, for me, I'm in a good place. So those are you know two kind of quick examples that I'm using right now. No, those are great because it, it's, it sounds like, you know, you're trying to build that, that credibility with your outbound messaging and build that trust so that they kind of see you as someone who they can come to and, and ask questions and things like that. And then you can get into a conversation versus just immediately deleting it because it's like, uh, it's another sales message, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my messages don't even talk about Qualia, you know, doesn't, doesn't talk about our solution or what we do. doesn't talk about any features. It's just like, Hey, there's regulatory changes happening. Like, what are you doing to prepare for that? You, you should take a look at this article here. Let me know if I can be helpful. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, th I think at least for us, that works really well. I, I certainly am the recipient of the opposite. Um, <laughs> a lot. I can't tell you how many of these, you know, cadences that I, that I'm on every single day where people are trying to, to get me to purchase something that I just cringe sometimes when I, when I read them. They're just going straight to the third step without building that trust. And, um, yeah, and it's and like so, three yeah. pages long. It's yeah. like, oh my God, information <laughs> overload, man. Totally. And so, you know, takeaway for folks is, you know, wh who is your audience? What do you guys, what are they looking to solve? What is like, for example, the regulatory issue? What's something that coming up that you could help them with? And then I think also it's, it's, it sounds like you're pretty patient because I think a lot of those messages that you get, it's driven by impatience on the part of the, you know, people sending them. Like they gotta, they gotta set up a meeting right now. We gotta make sales right now. And they're just rushing along, but you sound like you're pretty patient with the whole process. Well, you know, part of the part of the process is just trusting every step along the way to yield you the results that you need. You know, if, when you're a baseball player and you go in a slump, you get too fixated on you know hitting a home run or or getting a hit, and you start overthinking and overanalyzing everything. You start focusing on the result instead of the process. The process yes. is have a good mindset when you get up to the plate. Make sure you're you're using the same batting stance. You know, make sure your mechanics are right. Okay, now I'm just trying to make some contact here and not strike out. Okay, now I made contact. I hit a little weak ground ball to second, but at least I didn't strike out. Okay, now I hit a fly out to center field. Like, okay, my swing is coming back. These are the things you look for to get out of a slump. So it's just about, you know, trusting you know your methodology that that things are gonna gonna succeed. It's just about not tinkering with things. That, that's one thing that I was very good at. You know, over the years, especially when I when I was selling, and even as a sales manager and a, a VP of sales and so forth, and once I found something that worked, man, I just latched onto it. You know, I'm not the type of person who would get hung up on three times in a row and be like, "Oh shit, my whole process is garbage. Like I got to start over." And I know that happens to a lot of SDRs and you know AEs and sales leaders. Uh, you just tinker too much. You know, so if you can. If you really have found something that works, man, you just got to stick with it and you just make minor little tweaks and, and kind of get back to the basics. And what I find is that usually if something is a little off, it's because I've gotten away from my process that was working a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I, I remember that analogy in the book on the baseball and I, I kind of thought about, you know, you could take it out to your exercise 
goals or your your mental fitness goals or your relationship you know i mean you you're always like thinking of the home run or getting rich or you know having the perfect life and and instead you're forgetting about like hey in order to do that you have to have a daily process that you follow you know religiously that works if you skip that process you're never going to get to that that yeah. home run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Is do think do things a particular way in a particular order and just turn it into a rhythm, you know, become systematic and once you once you're able to do that, now it's scalable. Yes. Right? If you can get it more more than one person, now you got, you know, a team of 5 who can do it. Now you got a team of 50 who can do it. Now I got a team of four offices of 50 scattered across the country, right? And we're all following this same process, the same mindset, the same sales tactics and so forth. That's what you're you're looking for. That makes it scale, and and that it's I you know it's the same with your own life. Like look at your daily processes for, you know, prospecting, but also you know improving on your health and improving on your marriage and improving on all these things because you got to have a process there too. There's a guy there's a guy named Darren Hardy who was the publisher of Success Magazine, and he puts out a really good program called Best Year Ever, and it's like. You know, I don't work for them or anything, but I, I would definitely recommend checking it out because they, um, and this is for the listeners, after they get your book, you know, <laughs> check out Best Year Ever because it really gives you like a systemic process for the whole year that you can check a box every day. Like, did I do my 100 prospecting calls? Did I yeah. do this? Did I do that? And you can I, I, I love, the, I love yeah. the concept of uh, just like building this like list and just scratching stuff off. Of yes. lists, you know, I, I do this like goal setting exercise at the uh, beginning of every year, where you know I write all these things that I sort of like near term needs, long term wants, and different you know categories of goals and all this stuff. And man, I don't know if it's just from like years of having a honey do list or what, but I <laughs> so satisfying to just scratch these things off the list, you know, and whittle it down by the end of the year. You know, I'm looking at my list right now, and it was, you know yay big at the beginning of the year and now I've shrunken down. I've only got a few things left on there. It's like very satisfying, you know? So I, I love that, that concept. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's excellent. And stick to the plan. That's one of your chapters. So you got to stick to it, see it through, tweak it, but you know, stick to the process because it's so easy to get off of that. But Scott, hey, I wanted to ask you, we're running up against the hour. I wanted to ask you about your kind of changing gears a little bit. You're a surfer and sometimes I get tweets and LinkedIn updates from like all these destinations like Costa Rica and all these places. I'm like, what's Scott doing? So you're a surfer <laughs> and, and you, you floated out an idea like, hey, let's put a, a mastermind together to talk about stuff like this, but put it down in Costa Rica as like a surf camp. So tell me, tell me about where that idea came from. <laughs> well, what, what here's what happened. I, I, <laughs> I went, I went uh, to Costa Rica over the Thanksgiving week with my family, as well as a, a good friend of mine, Richard Harris, who's a big thought leader in, in inside sales as well. And, and his family. And we went down to Playa Grande, which is near Tamarindo, uh, the Northwest part of Costa Rica. And, you know, spent a little over a week down there surfing and just relaxing and, I was out in the the water, you know, near sunset, just kind of sitting there waiting for waves. And this idea came into my head. And it was just like, what if, you know, got a bunch of people who are interested in sales from anywhere from like, you know, founders and, you know, 
thought leaders and consultants in the space to people who are brand new in the space and everyone in between, sales managers and so forth. What if we just like, you know, all, you know, congregated in, in a kick-ass, like beautiful location like this and talk shop and, and like, you know, I can give trainings and other people can give trainings and, you know, we could have like half day little seminars and then everybody could spend the rest of the time like surfing and exploring and eating good food and, you know, having good conversations over beers and that kind of stuff. And so this idea came to me. And so, you know, I thought about it for a few days after I got home and I'm like, I'm just going to, I wonder if this is actually a good idea or if this is just like seemed like a good idea at the time. Cause I was, you know, super like surf drunk and like really stoked on life. So I put it, I put this post out there and like, you know, the response has been a little bit overwhelming to be honest with you. It's everybody's like, Oh my God, like I'm, I'm in, this would be awesome. So I'm trying to figure out exactly how I might do it. I'm kind of torn between, you know, making it a really, really small intimate group or, you know, just really like opening it up and, and trying to make it kind of all inclusive and I'm sorting out, you know, how much all these things would cost and, can I get sponsors to help me out with it? So, you know, it's, it's very, very like early stage of development, but the most important part to me is it seems like the idea has been validated and there's a lot of people who think this would be really fun. So I think I'm going to try to keep working on it and, and try to put something cool like that. Some sur- sales and surf summit, something like that. <laughs> That's amazing. That is awesome, dude. Well, you know, I put on the sales development conference in September it was an amazing experience, both high and low. So I've got a lot of good war stories. If you ever want to talk shop, we can. Oh yeah, I might, I might need some help. From, <laughs> I might need some help from you. Yeah. <laughs> so good, man. And and it's just it's just it captivates the the imagination. I, maybe it's because I I live in the Bay Area, but I always think about like you know that surfing and yoga and meditation and like that whole lifestyle just seems so healthy and awesome. But then it's like. Uh, I got to grind out a bunch of work and, you know, it gets like, I'll do it next year. And so that this could be a perfect uh, blending of the two. So yeah, when, I, when, I, when I first when I first started selling, I, I used to get off. I worked like a really early schedule, like 6 a.m. to 3.30 or something like that. And, and I had two buddies. They're some of my best friends now. And we would leave Walnut Creek where our office was and we'd drive straight out to Pacifica and go jump in the water and like learn how to surf. And no matter how crappy your day was. There was something about, you know, jumping in this freezing cold water <laughs> that would just wash away the pain and the frustration and just kind of shock you back into, you know, being in in, in the moment and, uh, you know, kind of wash all that frustration away and, all right, I'll be all right. I'll be good tomorrow, you know, so. Yeah, it's an amazing we'll experience. I mean, it, it really brings you back to, you know, a natural state where I think, you know, in modern times, everything is technology and and the 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 situation that we have created in the business world and things like that but then you go surfing and it's like you're back in touch with the earth and nature and things like that yeah i think i think and i think it would be really cool to have that experience with you know some other people who also can share the the business side of things you know and and i think it'd be really it could be really valuable for uh for all of us who, who went. So I'll keep everybody awesome. posted on that. All right, Scott. Well, this is great. We uh, definitely, we've talked about the Addicted to the Process book. It's available on Amazon. I would highly recommend 
especially, you know, folks who are thinking about a career in sales or you're in an SDR role or manager right now, uh, go grab it. Scott, you're on LinkedIn. Is that how you prefer if people want to connect with you or? Yeah, that's, that's the easiest way. I'm, I'm a really active LinkedIn user and, uh, I reply to everybody. I'm starting to get really close to the limit on connections. So, okay. But, but, you know, people can still send me in mails and, and whatnot. So yeah. 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 Good. And, and by the way, you guys, you know, there's the follow button. You don't actually have to connect with people. You can just follow them. Uh, I, I've been using LinkedIn for like 10 years and I just found out about this. So <laughs> it's like, if you don't know somebody, but you're interested in what they're posting, someone like Scott, you can also follow them and then they can see that and they can connect back to you. So Scott, thank you so much. I'm a follower. I'm a fan. Appreciate you being on the show. And thanks uh, for having have me. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. All right, David. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.